going to talk about today and, um, is a basic intro level uh, introduction to SEO and what you what a beginner's guide would need to do. Um, sometimes we talk uh, about these things, but I've never talked about it from a point where we're starting. Um, so that's what I want to do today. So the first thing I want to say is the first question that I would say out to you guys is what is SEO? And I think there's a lot of people that go out there and they talk about what is SEO. Um, and it means a lot of things to a lot of people. But what I have found is that SEO has become something that people that you can do one time and that's the end of the story. And the reality with SEO is, is that SEO is a way of life. It's how you run your website. It's what you do with your website. It's how your thought process is when you assemble a page. Um, when you put up a page, how do you construct it and what do you do with it? Um, and what are your objectives for that page? Uh, I see a lot of people that make pretty websites and then say, I'm going to do SEO or I get a phone call of, hey, I've built my website. Now I need to do SEO. And the reality of that is, is that you can't really approach it that way because you have to do SEO from the minute you start your website, not after you build it. Your website has to be built with certain fundamental principles put in it. So as much as everybody talks about, about SEO as it's a side part, it really is the primary uh, function that you should be putting attention to when you build your website. It's just as important as how your website looks as to how you've assembled it so that it will rank. So the thing is, is that when you build a website, you would want people to come to your website. Otherwise, why would you build it? Now, sometimes some people will say to me, well, I've built it uh, because, you know, I just need a brochure on the internet. Or I've had a trend here lately of insurance agents saying, well, people don't really go to insurance agent websites. I just need a place for them to go to get my phone number. Uh, realtors seem to have that same mindset. And the reality is everybody does Google searches. There's billions and billions of them done. Why would we think that somebody's not going to come to us? So I think it's an adjustment of how you think about things and the way you want to do it. But the whole objective is to get yourself on the first page of Google. I think that is paramount in anything you do. If I'm going to put up a website, I better put up a website that's going to get traffic. And if I'm going to take time to put up that website, I need to have traffic. Um, I talk a lot about um, the fundamental building blocks of things. My fundamental building block is I always tell everybody that your first step in some of this should be to use something like a WordPress, that these cookie cutters don't, and the cookie cutters, Wix, Weebly, Web, all of those, they don't really give you a good way to execute what you need to execute. So just in your head, remember, SEO is a way of life. How I run my website and the principles that I use to do that everything it's 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 an overarching umbrella not an afterthought or a sidecar after the thought and i think basic people are people make the mistake to think it's something that you can just do at the end and that's that couldn't be further from the truth um a little bit of backstory when i first um somebody once did an interview with me and they said that 
I did SEO before SEO was even a thing. And I think that is actually, I was like, when they said, it, I was like, that's a pretty profound statement because that really was the truth. When I put up my first website, I put it up. I did what I had to do to massage it, to make it be on the first page of Google. Um, if I had not done that, I would not be in business today. And the reason I, I say that is because we started with an influx of about seven customers a week, which that wasn't great. But once I started to get my feet underneath me and understand the right use of keywords, the right way to put the page together, um, I put up a web hosting for idiot. And um, of course, with my quirky sense of humor, it worked. Um, but what ended up happening was we went from seven orders a week to 20 to 30 orders a day. So it's all because of your, my positioning. It was my, my positioning on a search engine is what built this entire company. So I am a big believer of that. We have had multiple people through the years that have come through. Some have sold their companies for millions of dollars because they had such a great search presence that they were sought after. So understand that doing this right and executing this right can make or break a business. Uh, and I'm always for the opinion that you should have free traffic and you should get that traffic coming and you should get customers to your website that would do business with you. And the more that you can do that, and the more that you can do that with just some, I, I don't mean to say free in the sense that my time is not worth anything, but not having to pay. Um, Google has come in and actually this predates Google, which is why the pause was, but there's always been a paid for model, which is I, I pay money and I'm placed at the top of the search engine. Well, the end user understands that those ads are usually not going to get them to where they want to be. They bypass them and either go to the map section or go to the first organic section. So understanding that the end user bypasses the ads um, is another key to all of this. So I know some people that have run their businesses completely off of paid search with Google pay-per-click ads, okay, and Google AdWords. Um, and that's fine. It's, uh, it's like a soda machine. You put a dollar in and you get a dollar fifty out. It's, it, it is very predictable um, and it is very uh, trackable and it's very tangible. The reality, I think, is that I'm missing 80% of the traffic if I just go down the paid road and ignore the organic road. So SEO is the organic side. So we understand that I'm talking about stuff that we're not paying to get, but that we're naturally coming up to the top because we've done so much correct. To move beyond that, and we saw this really in this pandemic, um, the first thing everybody did when they sent everybody home on March the 15th or the 17th or what it was, whenever they said, everybody in Houston, go home and don't come out of your houses. The first thing everybody did was shut off their paid search. So the people that had in invested in the paid search um, or, or excuse me, invested in organic, they were okay because their websites were continuing to get leads. The people that had to shut their uh, websites off and shut the paid search off, those people were dinged pretty hard. So there is a, a very much long-term play in organic search that everybody should be paying, you know, paying attention to. Um, and I don't 
think that paid ads are a bad thing. I, I run paid ads. I have them, you know, because it reinforces the brand. There's a lot of good to come out of a, a paid ad situation. But to do that as a primary strategy to me is not a long-term strategy um, in the sense that you're going to spend a lot of money. And if you have to turn those ads off for any given reason, what's going to happen is you're going to lose that positioning. So you're, you're better off to invest in long-term uh, solutions, which would be the SEO end of it, um, and then supplement with paid um, to help. The other thing that we have found is that the paid leads – uh, do not convert as well as the organic leads. I mean, I have some with con conversion rates of, you know, 20 and 30%. What that means is somebody actually got the, you know, contacted the company. But at the end of the day, sometimes it's, they don't get a call. They don't answer the phone when you call back. They don't answer the email when you call back. Um, they were not, they're real people. They were real leads. But at the end of the day, they don't end up converting to become a real sale. So the, the, even though, so if you gauge your ROI based on connection, um, sometimes that doesn't, doesn't work exactly right. So you've got to kind of assess and look at all of that. And this is not necessarily a paid search class, but I just want you to understand that my experience in all these years is that an organic search result uh, conversion usually ends up becoming dollars and I need way more paid people to have the same results. So the cost for client acquisition is, is much harder or rather much higher uh, with paid than it usually is organic because once something's placed, if you run the website right, it pretty much is there and we're good. So that's kind of like the what is SEO overall overarching blanket that um, I wanted to kind of kick off with. Um, to have SEO, and I, and I hate to make it sound like it's an isolated thing because, I, again, I want everybody to think about this as an overarching umbrella. In order to have it, I think you have to have, uh, there's some certain things that Google looks for in order to rank a website. Um, and I'm going to kind of come down some of these things. Um, but I want you to understand that everything starts with the content that you put up. So if you build a website and you say, hi, here I am, I'm great. This is what we offer. And you never look back. You don't have a website that's going to end up getting that organic traffic for you. Um, if, on the other hand, you take the time to uh, put up pages, put together materials, uh, put together blog posts, um, work on creating really good content. What happens is I end up, I have the content on the website, there's on-site, meaning that I've gone in and optimized, and I'm going to talk about a little bit about how we're going to optimize a page. Um, I may get links from third parties because my content is so good, and, I, and I'll give you an example of that so we kind of understand what I'm talking about. So it came to my attention several years ago that having a Chamber of Commerce membership was actually a really good thing. Um, far beyond whatever you would get from networking and getting to know people and all of that, which is Google looks at those businesses and says, hey, wait up a minute, you're a member of a Chamber of Commerce. You're a little bit better than people that don't have those memberships. We're going to... We're going to actually say and deem those businesses more real, if you will, because they have those chamber memberships. 
So I sat down for my friends at the chamber and I made a video that explained the importance of a chamber membership uh, to a business and why it wasn't just about networking that that whatever you to my mind, whatever you pay a good chamber of commerce a year uh, that has a good website. It's well worth the price of admission just for the Google validation and the link from Google. So that's my opinion. So I made a whole video. I made a, about a 25 minute talk um, about why it was important to have a Google membership. Well, I put it on the website and of course, you know, Houston Northwest Chamber linked to it and a few other chambers here in town. But then I started to notice that I was getting chambers in Wyoming and chambers in, um, I had a couple in Chicago. I was getting backlinks from other chambers of conferences throughout the country, um, which were linking to that video because they were adding and using that video as a way to help keep their customer base. So I put up a video that actually ended up getting a lot of links back to my website on it. So it's a great, it's a great testimony that when you put up really good content, you end up with a circumstance where you will get, um, you will get backlinks. Google looks at backlinks and I'm going to kind of simplify it for you guys. They're like votes. So when you get a backlink, it means somebody voted for your website, if you will, or endorsements, you know, um, that would be another thing. The, the higher up people that make an endorsement to you, the more valid or authoritative Google thinks you are. So a link from a chamber of commerce is a better quality link than getting a link from I mean, uh, your local automotive shop that doesn't have a lot of uh, pieces and parts attached to it. So you, you want to make sure you're getting these high quality links. And the only reason I got some of these links out of state the way I did was because um, of the quality of the video and the talk that I put up. A lot of people went and listened to it and realized that, hey, wait up a second, I can use this to teach my, my member base that their membership is not just about how many leads I get out of a chamber of commerce. So understand that part of it. So really good content good links, and then a very strong social media presence, I think is, is something that we need to look at too for everybody. And it starts to become un, uh, an undaunting task. What I will tell you is that I've come up with some ways to help push stuff out to social media and run it in a way that you get the credit for Google you get the credit from from the you know from the social networks enough and your page looks like something that you did rather than hey i'm just sharing everybody else's content i'm not a believer in sharing everybody else's content because at the end of the day i'm the expert i want you to believe that i'm the expert and therefore if i start sharing other people's stuff it negates my expertness if you will just simply because i'm saying somebody else knows more than me so i i tend to and I advise everybody to, when you're putting stuff up, put your own stuff up and not seed territory out to other people um, and give them accolades. Because when you share, it's they who get the credit, not you. So you really wanna be sharing your own stuff. So those are some of the high level principles that I'm gonna talk about today, which are content links and social. Um, what, I, what I will liken this to, and any, you know, I haven't said this in a while, but it's most really SEO 
And good SEO runs like a three-legged stool. And if anybody knows, if a three-legged stool breaks one of those legs, the stool falls over. So we've got to, and, and frankly, it's more like a four-legged stool now because there's some technical aspects that are eking into this. But the end of the day is if any of those legs are broken, the stool can't stand. So that's kind of the the nuts and bolts of where we're at and why it's important and what the three categories are that we really kind of need to understand that what we're doing. Um, so content, links, social. Let's let's just kind of kind of put those together um, so we kind of understand what those are about. So. Um, the first thing I'm going to talk about in re regards to content is there's a, there's a few things that I'm going to hit on on this. So first of all, when you put up a page of content, I would like to see that page have no less than 900 words on it. Now, I, I can't see you all the way I normally do, so you may all be groaning at me saying, my goodness, how am I going to do that? Um, but the reality is if you're an expert on what you do and you know what you're talking about, 900 words are not very difficult of a task to get to. Um, you can very easily sit down and put that together and break that out um, and get that written like that. Uh, when you describe for your homepage, when you describe the services that you offer, I would hope that we would have them on our homepage. We wouldn't just say something like, I'm a tax accountant. We offer tax accounting services and we offer, um, I don't know, bookkeeping services or IRS support. Okay. You need to have a paragraph about what that looks like. So it would look something, I'm going to give you a beta site that I'm working on to look at here for a second on my screen. I'm going to put that up right now. So give me one second here. Um, but there's always got to be a hierarchy when you when you build a page and you want to make sure that you're using the right keywords. And I think that's the that's the part of this that kind of is getting lost because we have some people that go only keywords and then we've had people say Google's gotten away from keywords don't use keywords. The reality is those keywords are markers for Google so they understand what you're talking about. So please use keywords. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how to get them but here let me just put this beta site up um, for you so you can kind of kind of see where I'm where I'm looking at here. Let me see. If if you, if you look at this, you'll see that we have practice areas. The man, this is a lawyer site. So this is the type of law that we practice. Um, and each one of those are hooked into the page. There's a second page. So the real estate law goes to a real estate law page. The tax law goes to the tax law page. The estate planning goes to an estate planning page. When I look at this whole page, this page meets my 900 word uh, criteria, even though it's busted up into little boxes and little little blurbs of text it, it's put in palatable ways for the end user visibly but i have it in a way that google understands exactly what i do there's six areas this particular firm covers all six are sitting on the home page we tell them what we do i actually pick the keywords to match out some of this um so that and i shouldn't say match out some of it because i did it for all of it some of them have decisions that i had to make like the way they handle real estate at the law firm 
that it's always real estate so some other it's not always like legal issues there's also like title and so i put real estate so that was real i didn't append the word law to it but i went through and picked all these uh right keywords for what he does and how his practice is structured any website that I've done now that I've said that if you go you go look you'll see that they have these same similar attributes to them because those attributes are markers for Google they're keyword rich I've picked the, the keywords and I've assembled my homepage based on those keywords because I'm setting it up that way so Google understands what we do so every website you have and or every service that you have you need to come up with some baskets to put on the home page um this is the hosting company i'll i'll go to the hosting company website um and when you look get it you'll see it too has the four bass cover right across the top web hosting web design digital marketing and local search they're always so i am always telling google right out of the box into my design basically what i do that's there's really little little uh deviation from that formula if you will aesthetically we make it look nice but those elements are always there and they're always there with words supporting them um and SEO 411 has almost 2000 words on it because that's what was needed to make a homepage. So if you look at the hosting company or the SEO 411's homepage, you'll see the same similar attributes, SEO, web design, local search and penalty recovery. And then you'll see that we support that all the way down and through the page. This is the way a page should, should look. Uh, it needs to have, it needs to have those buckets. It needs to have explanations. It needs to be clear. I looked at somebody in this last week um, and I pulled it up and I can, I tend to be, uh, I'm going to use the word facetious, but humorous because sometimes I look at people's pages and the delimiters of what they're talking about are missing. So if I am talking about, um, there's certain words, I, I here, let me look at, let's look at this one. This is an example of one. So this website does um, knee replacements and hip replacements. And if you look down it, there's no mention of knee replacements or hip replacements anywhere on this website. So um, it's very, Google has no idea what this website does, what this website's about. Uh, the other thing I'm gonna show you is, uh, is that when you spell something wrong, um, or spell it in, in Latin, Google doesn't, I shouldn't, because this is spelled in Latin company with the Latin spelling of the word orthopedic except that Google doesn't understand Latin um, so they're not ranked on anything orthopedic because every place on this website the word orthopedic is pretty well spelled long spelled wrong so we have reinforced a bad set of circumstances with that as well so be careful what you do make sure everything has a delimiter to it um, if I just said I do hosting, do I host a party? Do I host websites? Do I, am I a biologist that I host bacteria? I mean, there's multiple different words if I just said hosting. So make sure that you always solidly tell somebody uh, what you do. So from a checklist standpoint, I'm gonna tell you that one of the first things that we need to look like on a, or look for is some basic um, steps. The first thing 
we should do is make a, a list of keywords, which some people would say is an antiquated idea, but we always try to start every website we do to come up with 20 words that your website is about, 20 key terms. And you want to pick those uh, based on what the traffic is for things. So understand that I want to make sure when I pick a, when I pick some terms for keywords, I'm always looking at where the, what the traffic is on those words um, before I, I actually add them to my list. So a 500 foot view for this for you guys is to go to AdWords, um, Google's AdWords. Don't sign up a car on account. Don't put a credit card in. But once you log in, it will give you um, the listings under keywords. Uh, it will give you, and I'm, I'm going to go to the AdWords page. I'm sorry. If I go to the AdWords, it's ads.google.com. And when you log in, keyword tool in the upper right-hand corner, which I'm heading there now. So, um, It's, it's pulling up Google sometimes a little slow as much as they complain at everybody else for speed. Um, when I come in, you'll see there's a little uh, wrench at the top of the screen that you can click on. Um, and there is your keyword planner tool. And when I put a search term in, it gives me the value. So let's say I know I have a yoga person in the room, so I'm gonna put yoga. I spelled yoga wrong, so let's put yoga. And we'll tell it get results. So what it's doing is it's giving me every value of what I should be picking for yoga. The very, very first thing, which is what I would have expected after the word yoga, which is 450,000 searches is yoga near me because that's how people do searches now. They do these near me because they're usually looking for uh, locational searches, local searches. So uh, we've got hot yoga, we've got Bikram yoga, we have uh, yoga therapy we can have. Um, there's aerial yoga. And you can see there's a whole, lot, a whole long list of all the different types of yoga services. Um, types of yoga, what is yoga, how, how do we do it, prenatal yoga, which is kind of interesting concept if we thought about it, um, yoga studio near me. There's all these variations of yoga, and I'm going to now go put them down on my list. Now, um, hot yoga, Bikram hot yoga, I would be more apt to put those terms together and not down the yoga. I was only a hot yoga person, which is this Bikram yoga. I would go ahead and make sure that that's what I put. And that would be my starting, my starting spot. It wouldn't just be yoga. It would be hot yoga or Bikram yoga. Um, because I'm narrowing it down based on the type of yoga my studio would provide. So look at it that way. Again, if, you, if you're like an accountant for small business, I wouldn't just put accountant I might put accountant Houston, but I wouldn't just try to optimize my whole website for the word accountant. I would have bookkeeping services, IRS letters, uh, demand letters, garnishments. There's like a whole set of lists of words that I would start to put together. I know it off the top of my head because I've done them multiple times, but for you guys, you need to sit down with this tool. The other thing that I'm going to give you all a heads up on, and let me um, 
change my screen here to Chrome a second. I'm going to plug in for Chrome that will help everybody to understand keywords. So let me come over here and I'm sharing my, uh, my Google screen here now with you. Um, if I go to uh, google.com, I have a plugin that's called Keywords Everywhere. Uh, it's relatively inexpensive um, and it's built into my browser. So when I go to Google, and I can't get out of it picking a URL for me, I'm just going to put in Christmas tree. What it's going to do is it's all the keywords that are attached to Christmas tree. I can actually do this right that little thing that we just did with uh, Google. I can use this related keywords everywhere plugin as a Chrome browser, open my account, and it gives me the answers that I'm looking for, which is Christmas tree. Christmas tree decoration, artificial Christmas tree, flop Christmas tree, Christmas tree store. Um, it gives me all the things for Christmas tree that I should look for. And what I'm looking down is this volume column. So if you look at this one that says artificial pre-lit Christmas trees, there's only 280 searches for it. Well, that's a whole lot less than pre-lit Christmas trees clearance, which is 6,000, okay? The longer tail that these searches get, the less volume you have. But realistically, for you guys, those longer tail searches may actually end up being places where you can succeed better. So it's not um, inconceivable to use the lower end terms and the longer tail searches, especially in a retail setting, because what happens is you have. Uh, far more victories with the long tail search than you would to just go Christmas tree. Okay. I, I, I don't, Christmas tree is not happening in anybody's lifetime, but artificial pre-lit Christmas tree uh, sure is one that could be easily um, attacked and gotten to the top of a, a, a top of a search engine. Um, so uh, one, one thing that we'd say with like uh, when you're starting out is Pick the longer tail if you can, because you actually would have a better chance of succeeding with that than um, you would on the broadest of broad terms. And the other thing is, is that our end users have gotten smarter. What I said is back when the internet was first invented, um, which is kind of a silly thing to say, but um, when the inter when he, we first, the internet started gaining in popularity, people would go to Google and they would put the word shoes in. Well, and they didn't even go to Google because it didn't exist. So let me just say that first up. They went to places like AltaVista and Lycos and they put the word shoes in and it would give them, you know, 1.9 million results for shoes. So people quickly learned that if I want shoes, maybe I should put in, a long tail version of shoes that's something like, uh, you know, red New Balance sneakers size 10E. So you get a much better, um, a much better uh, set of circumstances based on it. That works better for retail than it does for a service related business. I will tell you that. Um, my web hosting company, um, I don't care 
how long tail search I had on when people are looking to purchase web hosting, they put in web hosting. They don't put in variations of it. They put in the purchasing keyword is web hosting. People may go cheap. People may go quality. People may go secure. But once they get a list of those people, they come back to base web hosting and then apply that to the list that shows up. So there are cases, especially in the service industry, that the long tail doesn't work as well. Uh, but in retail, long tail search helps people really kind of narrow down what they want and get those answers for people far quicker um, uh, in, in, a, in a much better way. So that's the, that's the keywords. That's an overview of keywords. So now what I want everybody to do is I want everybody then to sit down and start to come up with 20 variants of words that would make you money. Okay, so for me, it would be SEO, web design, um, the uh, social media, it would be um, web, I guess I said web hosting. So I have about four or five really high-end words that if I ranked on, those are the words that make me money. But I also started to learn that I could put um, some words around it. So I want you guys to think about the words you can put around it. Again, creating those long tail searches. Um, so for the SEO, uh, SEO would be one, but SEO Houston is far more uh, attractive to me than just SEO as a keyword because there is a user intent in that as I'm creating that search. So I understand that they're looking for a company to do SEO in Houston when they put an SEO Houston, rather than just putting an SEO, what somebody may just want to do is learn how to do SEO for the day. So understanding what the user intent with those searches. So once I take my 20, I then start to figure out what are ones that I can add to it uh, uh, to make my list longer. I'll use my keyword tool here in Chrome, but I also work towards um, getting uh, my list together. So I have variants of things um, that people would understand uh, that go along with it. So let's say I was running a, um, a keto site, just for example, okay? I may say uh, I have, you know, keto, keto diet. I may have um, keto desserts. I may have keto recipes. I may have uh, keto supplements. There's just a bunch of different keto. Then you could start to come down into the food groups and then start talking, you know, keto-friendly uh, cake which kind of sounds counterintuitive, I suppose, but uh, I could have keto-friendly um, ice cream, keto-friendly desserts, uh, keto-friendly dinner ideas. So I'm still staying with my main keto, but I'm adding different things that people would search for because then they might be more apt to find me. Again, with a product, it's a little bit easier to apply that strategy than a service. Um, I mean, and it depends on the service too. So like web design is web design. I might say web design, web designer, web design Houston, web designer in Houston, website designer. Um, but that pretty much rounds out the list. I mean, I can, I could say good web designer, best web designer. I guess I could put some superlatives in uh, because people do that. Uh, web design reviews would be another thing. Um, and I, and that would be another thing to, uh, kind of to go for. But I, I could come up with some variants, but I'm not going to come up with 50 or 80 variants per topic like I would on a on a uh, on a, um, a retail site. So understand 
there's some differences there. But then um, that I get to is that um, how do I structure this uh, with the keywords? So I'm going to kind of talk about that a second here. So when I put my keyword together, my keyword list together, let me let me do this here. Let me go. To, I'm going to go to SEO 411. I put my my keywords down on a piece of paper, and I decided what I wanted it to do. So I know that I wanted SEO, web design, social media in that order. Okay. So when I constructed my page, I made sure I put them in that order so that web design or excuse me, SEO was first, web design was second, and SEO was third because I was signaling to Google just simply by that order what was the most important pieces of my business. Now, I'm going to show you this one because this will really kind of confuse everybody. So with my host, when I put its homepage together, this company is well known for web hosting. We, we were pretty, uh, we're mid-sized hosting company, I guess, at this point in our life. And when I put the navigation of the website together, I actually put web design first and put web hosting second. And the reason I opted to do that with this website, and this was a decision on my part, and these are these things that you guys are going to have to make decisions on, especially when you're starting. Um, I have a really good footprint on web hosting. So what I would like to do is add the web design back to it. So I proceeded to put web design first and web hosting second because I felt it was better to signal that web design to Google. Now, the problem that I had is that my customer base would always be looking for the web hosting stuff first. So I back to the first box so that the customers could get into the web hosting section of the website first. I didn't want to make it harder for them. So although I went heavy on web design within the navigation, when I actually placed the boxes, this wasn't a mistake on my part. This was me opting for the customer representation over the uh, what my goals were first rather than second. So I felt like it was better to have the web hosting as the first box and web design as the second box from a customer standpoint. Although from a Google standpoint, I want them more to say we're, um, we're web design first, web hosting second. The other reason why I say that too is because with web hosting and selling that on the internet, now it's a little bit more difficult because everybody just kind of runs to GoDaddy immediately. Um, that's it's just become an ingrained behavior. I don't know how many people actually go looking around like they used to and then come to a smaller company. So there's some there's some um, there's some decisions that have always factored into that based on what am I going to get out of what my behavior is and how am I going to proceed? So just understand that I had to make some, but you have to make those decisions. You have to sit down. You have to think about how you want things. You have to get your keyword list because you need to make sure um, that you're using the right words. And, and I'm going to give you another example. So um, in this, because this was a rookie mistake, although I made it uh, 22 years ago. So I, I a rookie mistake, but it's an old mistake. So when I, first started and I put the website up, I did everything and labeled it all as site hosting and dropped the word web. Um, because to me, that's what we always would say we did was we, we did site hosting. And at the time it was an acceptable term. Um, somebody then turned around at one point and said to me, web hosting. And I was like, well, you know, that's a, 
that's probably a good word too. And then when I started to look into it, that was the more correct word. So making the change, my oars went up simply by using the more uh, colloquial street term rather than what we were using in-house. And I see that mistake a lot that people say, well, that's what we call it inside. But the question is, what do people call it on the outside? And that's something that everybody always has to start to learn the difference of. You really need to understand what your customers call it, not what you call it. So um, if you call your bookkeeping service QuickBooks, and that's the way you put your whole, we do QuickBooks, well, now you have a problem because you're not into it and you just say you do QuickBooks. But reality is you actually are doing bookkeeping using QuickBooks. So you need to actually say that and not just use whatever your in-house term is. So just make sure this keyword uh, situation becomes one of those things that can make or break a website. I, I really do believe that if you put the keys, I don't put that page together right. Um, that you have you have big problems. Uh, what I will also tell you that we have done, and it's a really good exercise to do, and someday I'm going to do this whole exercise with this class and put this together, but we build, I'm going to use the word mind maps for any website that's out there. So I, I take all these keywords and then I put together a tree of what the words would look like. So I have like a graphical representation of what everything should be on a page. So I would really encourage everybody to get some mind mapping software. I, we use MindMaple, but there's a gazillion out there. And I think even Microsoft has some built in, I guess it's a part of Azure maybe, um, but it's built into uh, your Microsoft uh, 365 account. So that's a good thing. That's a great thing to have. Um, and it works really, it works develop a plan so that you can then say, hey, what was I thinking and go back and look at that sheet. I have that on websites that I did. Some of them I've done five years ago and I kind of go back to that sheet and say, did I meet my initial set of objectives? Because my objectives are still the same, to sell X. Now how I've gotten there may be um, something to discuss. So, I go back and I, I do a lot of looking around at, hey, what did I say? And then when we're building out a page so that we build everything evenly, I kind of go across all the levels and don't just build out a section at a time. So everything stays even. We kind of will touch, you know, like on that law site, we'll touch, one time we'll touch real estate, one time we'll touch taxes, one time we'll touch, um, uh, business law so that we're equally spreading out across the entire website and not just fixating on one part of it. So those are the kind of thing that you need to do. Um, I will say that you also, as far as keyword selection, you, there's a site called Basumo. You can do, you can use them as well to help you find some keywords. I, I think you had to pay for them more than what I would want to pay. I'm very happy with my keywords everywhere plugging into Chrome. It makes it easy for me. So between that and Google AdWords, I can put those two things together and get a really solid result um, when I, I, I build those things. Um, the other thing is when you put your keywords together, try to think about where you want to start from because that is an important part of the discernment process. Like I was telling you about yoga. Do I pick yoga or do I pick Bikram yoga? Well, if my objective is 
hot yoga, then I'm picking Bikram yoga. If I'm just a yoga studio with no direction, then I'm just picking yoga. If I'm a aerial yoga person, I'm going to put aerial yoga because that's much different than hot yoga. So the end user expectation should be where you decide where you want to start on something and how that would, how that works together. So, um, the next thing I want to talk about, and, and this is going to be a little bit different. Um, I need to do a whole class on authority and building authority. But for the most part, I want everybody to make sure they have a good solid about us page. But what that about me page needs to have is a bio, any ex, uh, education that you have, um, any background that you have, any places that you go, any places that you teach, what your credentials are, because Google's looking to see that you are an expert. The more medical your field is, or more legal, the higher the bar goes. So like um, on my legal sites, I make sure that the lead attorney at the office has a really strong bio, well-developed, all his credentials, anything he's done, because they're assessing that. It's not good enough just to say, you know, hey, this is my company, this is what I do. They want to know that you're the real deal. And you have to do and conduct yourself. It kind of goes back to a little bit to what I was saying about that Chamber of Commerce membership. That helps validate, your, validate you, it helps validate your business. You need to do a lot of things that start to say that you are the best person out there for the job. So it's not as simple as just, hi, we've been in business 22 years, thank you. We need to actually put really in-depth and involved pages up. Um, I, you know, I, I've made sure, like for SEO 411, I have an interesting, it's kind of interesting, and let me see what it looks like today, because sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So if I put in SEO 411, if you start to look down, okay, and who I am, all right? Um, but, the, but the rest of it becomes, I have my LinkedIn, I have my Facebook, I've made myself interchangeable with the company to the point that if you Google me, I actually have a Wikipedia page. I'm actually important enough to have a Wikipedia page now. So we have here, we have my name, we, they gave a whole, um, oh, I guess I have, huh, people are looking for me, very interesting. Um, we have, I have a whole set of circumstances here going on about myself, about, um, and the reason why is because I needed to prove that I was the expert. So I have the stuff coming back from the chambers of commerces. I have the stuff coming back from the um, university. We do U of H, HCC. We've got classes throughout the city. So we've got that out of my way to prove that I am an expert in what I've done. And everybody should take a page out of that book and make sure that you're acting in that way. The more that you do that, the better off you're going to be. Um, and, and the problem is, is if you don't, Google's kind of pushing you down a little bit if that doesn't, if that doesn't kind of hold through. So um, 
if any opportunity that you can do to put your business or put yourself out there that people start to understand that you're an expert on something, you need to do that. Um, and if you even look down, I've even gone as far as I've got some of my extracurricular, my flood stuff that I have. So I've got, I build out a really good profile for myself. I also did do one really good profiles for the company um, so that Google understands that we really are a, a thought leader in this space and we're not just somebody that woke up on their computer and said, hey, I'm going to be an SEO expert um, because that's really not valid anymore. So um, understanding about that is a big deal um, and making sure that your about us page is reflective of that. The other thing that I'm going to tell everybody that you should have uh, is an author page on your, on your website. So you see, I have my about us. I have my little talk about us. I've got my, you know, I've got some plugins that kind of give some reviews about us. I've got my bio of me, but then the other thing that I did is that every page that I write and every page that I put up, um, anything that's an opinion on my, of, of something of mine, I'm going to show you what we've got going on every single page. Every page has a bio of myself at the bottom. And it's not because I they talked to me years ago, you would find out that I would have never done this. Um, but Google's looking for this validation now. So I want everybody to consider putting a bio of a, a strong about us page, and then also making sure that you have a bio uh, on the bottom of every page that you put up. Um, all my posts are here. They all link together. There's, there's multiple activities all dictating and showing that I am the foremost expert on my topic. And Google, Google starts to know that and starts to understand that. And they, they see what, what we have and what we're doing. And um, you go up. There is a real trend with an SEO at this point in time that, that talks about authority um, and, and how well you do that and how much Google trusts you when you do something. And you need to have that trust for them to um, be able to believe that you are who you are and not just uh, making it up as you go, making it up as you go along, especially when you get into something like SEO, that there's a, there's a million people out there that are always talking about, hey, I know how to do this. And then who's it a real full-time job for? And who's it just a side hustle for that? Hey, I know how to go put some keywords on pages. So let me go do that for you. Um, I, I think there's a real delineation to that. And I think we're obligated to go ahead and start to show people what we do. Hey, I got a broken link here. I need to fix that as I'm looking up. Um, so understand that I, you, we should have a really, really solid about me page about yourself, about your company, about a biography for yourself um, so that people really try to understand and Google understands that who you are. That's super, super important in this day and age. Um, another piece of this, and I literally just ran in this this morning. I, I can't even believe I still run into this. Can everybody please make sure you're using SSL on your website? Um, you need to have your website needs to have a secure certificate issued. Most web hosting companies do that for free now. Um, they don't have to charge you anymore. So if they don't have to charge you, let's kind of 
go down the road that we need to have that. It's not, shouldn't be an added expense for you. Um, and I think it's a necessity. Google did give a bump for it, but I don't think the bump is anywhere near as large as it needs to be now. Uh, it, it's, let me say that differently. It's not that it's, it used to have a bigger weight than it does now. Um, because it assumes that anybody that's a serious business owner is going to make sure their site is secure, have this little padlock on it. Um, because when it doesn't, sometimes the website pops up uh, warnings and says, hey, this is not a uh, secure website. Or, hey, don't come to this website. It may hack you. And you can't really have that. Let me see. What was the name of this? see. I was trying to think. I had one this morning that that came to me that that they were someplace else and their website's not secure. If you look, see it says not secure. So are you going to touch trust this person with your real estate with a not secure? So I'll fix that when I get this over to us. But I, I that that's the, the point of this is um, make sure that your website shows a secure lock on the top of it. Um, and make sure that you don't um, hard code your images in so that they always are secure. So that's usually where I see things get broken is they put bad, uh, people don't put their picture URS in right. But that note, just make sure that you you do it all right and that you have this little padlock. That's, that's the biggest piece of everything. Um, the next thing I want to jump to is I'm going to jump over to social media for a second. Um, once you have written these keyword rich pieces of paper or piece of paper articles, um, they need to go on your website and then they need to go on social media. I'm going to go back to content just for a second. I want to give you some parameters here so everybody knows what you should have. Your pages need to be 900 words. Um, they need to have uh, sections and subsections in them um, so that it would look something like if you go to SEO 411's blog on a real blog post, you'll see it. Um, and what I mean on a real blog post is I have the ones that are the podcast episodes. Um which, oh, by the way, this have a podcast that goes along with it. So, cause I know I go fast and sometimes everybody needs to kind of go say, Hey, what did you say? So we put the podcast up so that people go and, and can understand. Um, but hang on, let me get to a real, okay. So here's one, this one's on, this is an actual blog post on technical SEO. And I have some certain attributes about it so that we understand what this is okay so if you look what is SEO technical seo you see that's the headings up at the top of the page um you see i also have a, um, a table of contents that breaks out all the subsections in the page um so you can go down and i threw a video in the middle of it because i happen to have a video that went on the topic so if you have a video add the video that's always a good thing um and then if you look we have bulleted lists through about it so we kind of sets can have uh can uh have good technical seo and we kind of gave some bulleted lists so i want bullet points i want numbered lists i want top 10 lists um there's some data out now that show uh blog posts um 
that have numbers in them. So eight tips to do this, seven reasons to do that. Those blog posts are far more likely to be clicked on than a straight up title. So from an engagement standpoint, but if you're going to tell somebody you're doing seven tips for blah, you better have those tips one through seven in your page. Um, and we try to put bullets and we try to put uh, numbered lists in almost everything we do. But if you notice each one of these has a title, they have a subtitle, they've got a bulleted list to go underneath it to explain each and every one of them. So a good format would be 900 words, subtopics throughout, and at least a bulleted list if, as if not a list. Um, and or both. I mean, I, a lot of my pages, I actually have both uh, in them. Uh, and I'll show you an example of both here in a minute. Let me scroll down and I'll get a both one for you so you can see it. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, one doesn't have bullets. Here, seven tips to adding e-commerce to a website. So we have our little picture. We've got our subheads. But if you look and see, here's my seven tips right here and smack in the middle of the page. Um, I still have my subtopics. Um, this one doesn't have uh, bullets in it. It only has the seven tips. So this one was a little bit shorter, but it does meet the criteria. It does have what I need in it. What I was saying was 900 words, make sure that you have a bulleted list, make sure that you have numbered list on a page, Make sure you put headlines and subheadlines in a page. Those are all very important characteristics. And every page of content should have any combination thereof, including all If you put all of them in a page, I'm fine. You need to have those delineations in it so that Google understands what that page is about. The other thing is in your headlines, make sure that you have keywords. Uh, make sure that you're they're not just saying now about me in the in the the headlines make sure that they have they're relevant to the content on the page that's all very important uh pieces of information that need to be added to that so um the other thing is that when you put together the page right and then you take that and you put that out on social media what you're going to find is you're going to have better engagement on those pages because those pages lend themselves better to being on social media um so that's a good dovetail, if you will, into those social networks. Um, what I've been doing and what I'm recommending everybody do is I take my blog posts now. Some blog posts are better on some platforms than they are on platforms. But what I have been doing is spreading them out all the way through on all of them so that uh, I have a much better representation across the internet with those pages. So even though I know a page is going to do better on LinkedIn, I'm still populating my Facebook page with the posts. I don't look for engagement off of them. I pick up some followers sometimes, but for the most part, um, I look at Facebook without any type of funds behind it. It's not worth the cultivation part of it, especially for what we do here. Uh, but what I will say is that I still am putting the information up and out for people. So people still have the ability to use Facebook and see what's going on. So our calendars are out there. Uh, Jim is really good about going ahead and liking anything he sees that we do. And I think that because he does that, what happens is 
we appear in his scroll more. So I put my calendar out every month. The blog posts now go out. We're re um, putting out those blog posts. So I, I'm constantly repurposing my content now. So I have a whole system that goes out and reposts old blog posts for me. As long as they're still relevant, I, uh, I, I, I labeled the older ones now so that they don't come up in the auto populate anymore. Um, but I've got a whole system that's on. So Facebook's posted to LinkedIn for my business works really well. That may not be true for everybody. Uh, yoga on LinkedIn. I'm not sure how well that would play, but yoga on Facebook would be well worth to look at. So it's that kind of a circumstance. Um, the other thing is Instagram, if you can do it. Uh, again, my business, not so much, although I have been putting stuff, I've been putting all the classes, I've been putting all the podcasts out on Instagram with their little pictures. So they go out there. Um, and the other thing that I'm doing, and, and I, and I think this is well worth it as well, is that I, I have a Canva account and every blog post we make a good solid banner and featured image for. So when they post out to, to LinkedIn or not LinkedIn, rather to Instagram, um, they're posting with a really good picture. So it's engaging, even though Instagram is not necessarily about the words, I am getting stuff captured back off of that. So then I also went and added it to Pinterest. So I have stuff now auto posting to Pinterest as well. Um, and then uh, last but not least, the other thing that I did is I actually started a Tumblr blog for the backlink credit from Tumblr. So I have everything I do now gets posted out without exception to Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Tumblr, uh, and Google My Business. So every blog post I put now goes out to Google My Business 100% of the time. So I've got seven sets of places that everything that I do gets published to. So I have that somewhat automated so that it's not um, a big problem for me. And I'm gonna actually talk about that automation later in this, in the month um, at, under my email uh, class. So uh, if you all wanna come to the HCC uh, email class that I'm doing um, on email marketing, we're gonna talk about some of this automation in that class because it's important. Um, uh, and if you don't make it, of course, we'll have the video and the podcast to support it. Uh, but with that said, um, I've been, although what I will say is that if your business, let's say you're an arts and crafts person and you're like an Etsy person. So that would go out good with Facebook. It would go out good with LinkedIn or um Instagram, of course, Pinterest, but really the question becomes how, if you're, let's say you're making mittens for babies, does that need to go on LinkedIn? Is that an effective channel for you? Well, you have to sit and you have to stop and think about that and what you want to do. So as I said, the, about yoga, so I may decide that I'm going to put a page up that talk, if I wanted to talk about, let's say, let's start with pregnancy and yoga. I may keep that over on Facebook, Instagram, and maybe Pinterest. But let's say I wanted to talk about stress relief for executives and how yoga 
might bridge the gap, I may then proceed to go put that out on LinkedIn. So I do have some manner of discerning ones that really should not go on some platforms. So again, you've got to look at that and I have to think about, I, you know, the SEO business, it, really it can go on every one. It, it probably doesn't matter. But some of you, if you go put it in the wrong place, it's not going to do well for you. So be careful on that and try to pick wisely and make sure that you're capitalizing on the right social networks for your business rather than just blanking them. I'm blanketing them now because it, the, the, the SEO and web design it's working for in the pandemic. Once the pandemic's over, I may back off on some of the Facebook stuff um, just because I, I don't know how how many people are still going to, they're going to all going to, you know, maybe life will be, but I'll, I'll determine that at a later date. I mean, I'm forever getting a, Hey, buy this marketing tip off Facebook constantly. So there is some place for it, but I think all of it has to be looked at on a case by case basis. But if you can blanket it, blanket it. I don't have any problem with anybody pushing this out further and the, the, the frequency is more what I think is lacking and the reposting is what I think. So repurposing and reposting seems to be a lost art. Um, and that's a, that's a problem because if you just post something once, chances are nobody's going to see it because the only people that are going to see it is the people that are on right then. Um, it works much better if you post it several times a day. Um, I had somebody come to me and say, oh, you know, you're putting the same thing up a couple times. And, and at the end of the day, each one of them had different people on them because different people saw them. So there's, there is a definite value to posting and reading as you go. So um, that's, a, that's a whole other set of circumstances. The other thing that I would consider doing is making sure um, that you leave the comments on on your blog and see if you can encourage some people to um, post a, post some comments. Uh, that comments use are used to help val uh, validate the blog. But here's what you have to watch, and I and I'm gonna be blogs can be spammy because there's robots that go out and walk and look for places to post, and what they do is they they come up with weird names or their name might be web design company might be the, the poster's name. And then it's linked to their web design site. So be careful and make sure that you edit the comment and take out the link and actually put a real name in. Um, and don't just leave it whatever crazy thing happens to walk up. Actually have to pay attention if you're gonna allow comments and you're gonna you're gonna have to review the ones that are uh, spam comments. There's plugins for WordPress. The people that are in my hosting company they get those plugins for free that clean them out. There we just include it as part of the hosting service. Um, but if not, there's there's several uh, filters out there that will help filter some of that content spam. But what I will say is I would let some of it go if you can edit out the backlinks to other people's websites. Um, and then the other thing is, think about leaving comments on other people's blogs. So if you happen to go to a post, but it's not just as simple as going, hey, that's a, that's a great post. Um, if you're going to leave a post for somebody or a comment for somebody, make it be a real comment. Try to engage with what that person actually did for you. Um, the same thing 
those reviews, um, if you will. Uh, try to get people to actually talk about what they're doing in the review or what you've done for them in the review and not just said, this person's the nicest person on the planet. And I'm so good, glad that I do business with them. That's not a good review per se, because there's no delineation of the services that you're providing. So always be specific in what you do. Um, the other thing you can do is places like Reddit. If you don't just go to Reddit and say, hey, I have a new blog post and put that up. But if you have uh, if you start following things that you like and you can go and something comes up that you can speak on and you can say, hey, I put a page up that talks about it and you can go to this page here. Um, that goes a long way too to sending signals out to Google that you actually are a valid person and that's a good thing to do. Now, what I'm also going to say is watch this manure especially from a newbie student standpoint, let's, let's talk about this. A lot of times I get people asking me to do a guest post or they want to put a guest post on my website. It has been long accepted that that was a way to get links off of people's websites is this guest post phenomenon. The people in charge of Google search team have come out now several times, especially in this last month, and come back and said, do not do guest posts. Uh, guest posts are bad. Do not participate in it. And I think it's, I think in part it's because people are manipulating it and they're not legitimate. And then the other part makes me wonder if they're telling us not to do it just simply because they can't really track it well. If it it's done well. If I go post an article on a search engine journal and it's a real article, well, why is that not a good thing to do? So I, I think they're trying to discourage it on some level just simply to, because it's hard for them to track what's real. But if I have a, if I just go, if this blog is, this guest blog is on a page that has no traffic, nobody ever goes to it, um, for sure that's going to get flagged because they're also looking at the traffic that's coming across on a link from you. So if I go put a, a guest post up and then nobody goes and traffics it, they know that. And then they're wondering what that's about. So there are some ways that they can do it, but for you guys, for being new, just stay out of the guest posting business. I think that's the, the best thing to do. Um, the other thing is people will ask you to link to their websites. Uh, I'm going to give you a real simple rule of thumb on what to do, and you're going to be very, remember, no. The answer is simply no. Do not make links out to other people's websites just because they sent you an email and asked you to do that. Um, the other thing that I'm going to say with, the, with that, though, is that at times um, I have made links out to things like HCC. I've made links out to um, Chamber of Commerce's. And that's because that's showing um, that I those sites are better than me, and I'm linking out to them. And there's a there's it's not a bad thing. Whereas when I when somebody's linking and the website is um, how do I say this? If if the website is weaker than mine and I link to it it's bad on me. If the website is better than mine and I link to it, that's good for me. You never should be 
linking below yourself, I think it'd be the best to say that you always want to be linking up and not linking down. Um, and and, and I, it's an oversimplified way, I guess, to say that. Um, but that's, that's probably the best way to remember it. If the website is better than you, okay, if you want to make a link to the Wall Street Journal, make a link to the Wall Street Journal. But if the website is not better than you, I wouldn't go making a link. It's just like the, when the clients ask me, I mean, there's ways to do it right um, and isolate it so it doesn't hurt you. But at the end of the day, again, that starts to get into upper level stuff and not really for a basics, basics class. Um, the best way to get these backlinks, which I, I keep mentioning, is to just be really good content and be helpful with what you say. Um, I naturally get links now just because people follow along with what I say. People make links to what I say. People listen to what I say. And it's not just, I don't mean this on a self-aggrandizement level. It's been a lot of years to get to that point. But I get links because my content is really good. I get links because this class has taken on a life of its own through the years. I've got people following me all over the place, although we don't leave our house now during the pandemic. So they're just following me from Zoom room to Zoom room. That's good. I appreciate that. Um, but at the end of the day, those follows and that behavior um, gets me links from other people. And I that starts to take on a life of its own. People know that when I say something, it's worth the read or worth being attached to. And we have a lot of that and we have a lot of people making links to that. So I'm naturally gaining some, some credibility and some links just simply because I'm doing things really well. I want everybody in this room to to be that level that people perceive you as the foremost expert in the subject matter. And I use the word perceive because I can be an expert, but I could be abrasive about it and people aren't going to want to follow along because I just sound like I know everything. So you, you, you have to get people to perceive that, but you need to make them be happy with who you are and not be, um, you know, like I said, self-aggrandizing or to the point where, but it has to be a conscious thought in your head. Uh, you, especially as a new business owner, you really, really have to have those kind of thoughts. I think that especially everybody over the age of 40, we kind of were, we didn't have this cell phone, um, taking pictures, putting ourselves out on that stuff when we were younger. So what's happened is we tend to be a little bit more not making it about ourselves. Unfortunately, I guess the unfortunately is the right word, but Google has made it be that you got to, they want to know that the person speaking is an authority on whatever they're speaking on. You cannot um, be um, lax on that. And if you are, then you're going to take a penalty on that. So those backlinks you want to do, if you do everything really good and are really helpful and can gain a following to them, it's going to help you with your credibility and it's going to help you get to the top of Google, which is really ultimately what the objective for everything is. Um, so 
uh, I just want to make sure everybody kind of understands that they, they, that's an okay way to be and that it's all right if you do that. Um, I want to run down some kind of items here just so that we have this. If you're using WordPress, um, please make sure that you have an SEO plugin put in. Uh, Yoast has been a standard for many years. We're really kind of all starting to recommend Rank Math. I, I like it better. My office likes it better. Um, I like, there's a lot of things that I like about it, especially when I'm teaching a beginner class, because you guys can handle it. You can look at it and it, the way it produces it, even a broke clock can be right. So, and I don't mean that badly, but um, it, it, it has an oversimplification that'll do the heavy lifting for you. Somebody like me, I can turn that off and then just do the heavy lifting myself and it, and it puts in what I want it to be. Um, I think that Yoast is going to have to up its game at some point, but we'll see how that goes. Um, but make sure that you have an SEO plugin in your website. And because it's not just about title to your meta description um, and, and like Squarespace, they have a little tool, put in your title tag, put in your meta description, and that's supposed to somehow magically fix the SEO part. Um, that's not the case. So you need something like a, a Yoast or a rank map to do that. So that's the first thing. Make sure that each and every page that you put up has a, a keyword related to it. Don't just put up a random page without uh, information. What I will tell you is this though, I write my pages and then I go back and add the keywords. I do not write to keywords. I write the page and then add them after the fact because I think they flow more, the article flows better and I can put them in in a better way that they make better sense to the user so that they're not these keywords in a page used to be almost an abrupt stop in the page. You're reading along, it has a flow. And here, all of a sudden, here's this keyword jumping out at you like screaming keyword, I'm here. And then you go back to the flow of the article. Let, let's not do that. So the way I've come up with doing it is I write my page and then I write the keywords back into it after I have that page created. Um, that sometimes takes a little bit of practice, but um, I, I've always found that that's the best way to do it. But make sure that you have a keyword on the page and you know what you're focusing on the page. Um, the other thing is take that keyword and make sure that you put it in the alt tags of the image. Make sure that you put it in the title tag of the page. Make sure that you put it in the meta description of the page. Um, those are all very important places to have that keyword because if you don't, you're not reinforcing it right and Google won't promote you to the number one spot. Um, the other thing is that Google's going to start looking at some of how the site is built. Um, so uh, make sure that you have clear fonts, that there's good spacing, that you use things standard. Uh, if you need to use Google fonts, uh, if you want to use a better font, I, I personally hate Times New Roman, so you'll just never see me use that. Um, so, but it used to be if you didn't want to use that, you're going to use Arial or Helvelica and all, on your way you went. But with Google fonts, you can start to use um, there's like such a big uh, choice now. You can kind of do a lot of things, but make sure it's easy to read. Make sure it's easy to use on a read on a cell phone. Make sure that uh, the fonts are a good size. Um, I find myself now moving fonts larger and making them be, you know, 14, like the small side would be 14. Whereas, you know, when you did stuff on 
typed pages years ago, you know, it was 11 or 12 and that was it. And 14 started to look big, but on a website, 14 seems to start to work better. In fact, the SEO 411 site needs to have its font blown up because it's getting too small to read sometimes in my opinion. Um, make sure you have a strong about me page. We talked about that. Make sure you have a good solid bio on that. We talked about that. Um, make sure your site is secure. Uh, because that's very important now. So make sure you have your HTTPS. Um, if you are running ads on a page, like the uh, a lot of these things that use uh, uh, Outbrain that they have, you know, click here and see the top 25 people or 30 reasons this or celebrities that did that, you know, all those links on the bottom, make sure that you have more content on that page than you do ads. So, um, if you ever wanted to be an ad site, you'll never see an ad on my site. So therefore, I never really think to say that. But being we're doing a checklist, that's something to put on a checklist. Um, make sure that you have your headings right, your H1s, H2s, only each one on a page. That's important. Um, make sure that your paragraphs are short, that they're punchy, that they they work well for you. Um, I think people are all on it. I'm going to put the chat up. Oh, um, sorry about this. Everybody's asking me little questions. I didn't even see you guys over here. Um, okay, so Lance just asked me, can I talk about image size and what's recommended? So I would like images to be always under 100K for sure. Um, I have seen websites here recently, and actually yours is one of them, so I don't mean to be uh, a point you out, but I'm going to say, it, 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 you had, I think you had 20 megs of images on your, on your homepage and you can't, you simply cannot do that. Um, so your image sizes should be at least under hundred K. The smaller you can do, the better you can do. Um, I know that I have my servers tweaked that they auto shrink an image so that at least if you, if you put it up, and then edit it in WordPress, the server is compressing it. So I can get a much, I can take a fairly large picture, uh, upload it, resize it on WordPress and it smashes it down and I don't have to run it through, uh, uh, through Photoshop like I used to. Photoshop has got an incredible uh, compression element to it. So that's another one, but you can't leave these pictures in their raw forms and put them up on the internet. And um, there seems to be an alarming trend that I keep looking at these websites and they end up with home pages of 20, 17, 18, 20 megs of pictures. And it's just not, you can't do it. It's just not a viable thing. Um, so I'd say under 100K if you can do it. I'm on the SEO 411 site, I have a five meg video. I'm well aware of it. I did it on, on purpose. I felt like the video offset the, the need for the video offset the loss that I was going to have on the image size. But if I had that image and then had another 20 or 30, you know, 20 megs of pictures, it's just not, it's just not viable. So a hundred megs or less and try to minimize everything that you do and make sure they're resized right. Because I know for a fact, your site has that problem that I ran it through something and it, I think your homepage was 18 or 17 megs. So that needs to get fixed. Um, Make sure you're optimizing your images. Make sure you put the alt text on the images. I'm kind of running down all these so we can kind of do this like a checklist kind of a thing here. Um, make sure you understand that 
what your bounce rate is. Make sure that you're looking in analytics. And if people are coming to your website and they're immediately leaving, you might ask the question as to why. What are you doing that is causing them not to stay? What question are you not answering that maybe they're not getting? Um, but you need to make sure that you have a reasonable bounce rate um, that it's not through the roof. When 70 or 80% of the people leave your website in under a second, you know you have a problem. So make sure you're looking at that as well. Um, for social media, make sure that we're helpful. Make sure that we are informative. Make sure that we speak from a position of authority. Make sure that we're an expert. Make sure that all these things that you look for in other pages, you're doing when you put something up yourself. Um, that's a that's a really big a big article on it. Make sure that you post across multiple forums, uh, multiple um, uh, entities. Um, Nancy asked for, and I'm going to answer this. She asked me this privately, but I'm going to answer this. Actually, she asked me to say more about Reddit. So what I've done with Reddit is I've joined things that are specific to me. Uh, like SEO blogs or SEO, there's like big SEO and the SEO Reddit. I, I joined some Reddits that were um, about what we do. And I thought that was, it was uh, important. And what I do is I'll go answer a question. If I have written a paper about the question, because sometimes I write things a little bit more technical that are not just for you guys. They're more of my thought. In fact, I need to do one right now on Shopify. Um, and I kind of keep mapping it out in my head on what I want to say so I don't get sued. Um, but I would go and answer that question and I would put a link that said, hey, this is my opinion here. Um, uh, and this is the page that I've written on it. Or, hey, this is the topic that I have. This is why I think this. It's based on this. And then I make the link back so I can get the link out of Reddit. But what I will say is this. Once you get one, you don't have to keep going back and trying to go back to that same pot unless you want to. So, but I would, I would say if you could use Reddit to get you some authority, have at it. It's a good thing to do. Um, let me see. What else? Where else was I here? Forums, Facebook. Okay. Um, the other thing that I'm, oh, um, I don't know if Jim is actually here or not, but if you are, I hope you're sitting down. Um, I want everybody to do webmaster tools, but I also want everybody to do Bing webmaster tools. We've always kind of not done Bing as much as we've never, I haven't really talked about Bing on a regular basis in about 10 years. Um, but what I, what I will say is that, so they have improved their webmaster tools and they are also utilizing those webmaster tools to get into Bing itself. And I've actually gotten some traffic since I did this, but make sure you have your Google, your Google webmaster tools, but then go over to Bing webmaster tools and hook the two accounts together. Be synced. I, I don't really understand why Microsoft is letting you sync your Google account. Not really quite sure on that one, but um, I would make sure that I hooked it up in both places from here on out. And I um, I just did that for a whole bunch of other, uh, a whole bunch of people went and hooked up their Bing accounts. So 
Um, I'm going to strongly urge everybody to do that. Uh, I haven't said it in a long time. I've always talked about Google, but I, I do think that Bing's enough of a player at this point that it's worth doing. Um, and if it gets your tra traffic broader from other places, I think we're all in a point in time now that we could all use that extra traffic. So that's a good thing. Um, so make sure you have your webmaster tools. Make sure that you have submitted a sitemap. Okay, that's really an important thing. I think that's something that gets overlooked a lot. But everybody should have a sitemap submitted on your site to both Google and to Bing. And I, I, I think it's inexcusable if you don't, to be honest with you. Especially if you've come here and heard me talk, said it and said it and said it and said it and said it. So please make sure that you have your sitemap. And that comes out of Yoast. So my WordPress folks, it's simply generated out of Yoast. You just have to make sure it's turned on. It gives you the URL to go add to Google. And every page that you put on your website is submitted to Google through that sitemap. So you don't have to submit anything. You don't have to wait around for them to find something. They will go pick up that page and index it for you right out of that sitemap. So that's it's a really important thing. And it's something everybody should do. Um, and then the other thing is, and I've told everybody to use uh, the site kit function for this, make sure that you know your page speed insights. Um, it, that's going to come into fashion at the beginning of the year that we're going to start to talk about these core web vitals that Google has that are page speed, uh, time to first paint, um, and some of these other, these other items that are going to be next to impossible to meet their level. Uh, but we're just at it uh, to try it. And and mostly, and this is, I, I guess I'm going to go on a small editorial tirade for just a second. But part of the reason sometimes things are a little bit slower on the time to first paint is because there's firewalls and packet filtering involved. And because of those extra layers of security, it slows things down. And then the other thing that I find interesting is that when I do, sometimes I do page speed uh, assessments on websites, it's sometimes Google's own items that are slowing it down. The, the call to analytics, the call to Google fonts, the call to uh, YouTube, if you have it. It's Google's own property. They're slowing my site speed down. So I'm not necessarily too happy with them if they want to penalize me because their stuff is kind of on the slower side. So. Um, make sure that with this coming down, make sure that you know, uh, don't go overboard with plugins, which that's passed on to itself of how to not make a fire hazard out of your website. Um, but don't, don't make too many calls. Make sure your code is, is done right and make sure that you, um, you know, you adhere to best practices for things so that things are uh, delivered right. Uh, the other thing is we probably need to look and talk about CDNs at some point. I haven't really figured out what I want to do with that yet. So uh, from a teaching standpoint, so once I do, we'll have CDN discussion at some point too. Uh, so that's a whole nother aspect of this. Um, and with that, I'm going to ask, does anybody have any more questions? Sometimes these classes are a little bit shorter because you guys aren't jumping in the middle and stopping me like we do in person. Uh, we let me just kind of ramble on up here by myself. Um, but if you have any questions, now would be the time to go ahead and um, ask uh, questions so I can get them answered. And otherwise, I'm going to call it. Okay. Well, with that, nobody has any other questions. Of course, you know where to find me. You can reach out at Beth at SEO411.com if you need me. Um, but with that, I hope everybody has a good Wednesday and I'll see you 
uh, next week at the events next week. And we'll be back here uh, the first Wednesday of next month with the Houston Northwest Chamber. And of course, um, everybody just remember, you know, those chambers are our lifeblood and do everything that you can to support them during this time. It's a, it's a good thing if you do that. So otherwise, I'm out and you all having a good week. All right. Take care.